Hello and welcome to the Intelligence Espresso from the Security Distillery. Every week, we aim to distill world affairs in the field of security and intelligence to a bite-sized and hopefully entertaining morning briefing. On behalf of my colleagues in Prague, I'm Christopher Dunn. Our lead story this week is updating you, the listener, on the ongoing Israel-Palestine crisis. In the weeks since the publication of our last episode, Israel has been throttling the Gaza Strip with rocket fire, resulting in nearly 3,000 deaths, according to the Palestinian Health Ministry. Israel has mobilized a vast amount of reservists, approximately 360,000, which are now joining permanent IDF forces along the border in preparation for an incursion into the area in and around Gaza City. This impending military action has been accompanied by a flurry of international diplomacy to deal with the inevitable refugee crisis, as Israel has demanded that more than a million civilians move to the south of the territory, a demand which has been condemned by the UN. Hamas has ordered Palestinians not to heed Israel's warning. In preparation for the invasion into Gaza, Israel has entirely cut off water, electricity, and fuel pipelines, leaving all of the territory struggling to have their basic human needs met. Israel's targeted rocket strikes have been much more deadly than previous conflagrations. Palestinian officials claim that the strikes were indiscriminate and hit hospitals and mosques, while the UN has confirmed targets included humanitarian vectors such as ambulances. As a result of escalating tensions, violence has also broken out in the West Bank and in East Jerusalem. To Israel's northern border, the Israeli military has escalated its fight with Hezbollah, utilizing drone attacks to hit targets within Lebanon. The international community has reacted in a variety of ways. President Biden visited Israel this past Wednesday, where he embraced Netanyahu and pledged the U.S.'s support and belief of Israel's right to defend itself. On Thursday evening, he addressed the American people in a primetime speech from the Oval Office, where he called for funding to support both Israel and Ukraine. British Prime Minister Rishi Sunak visited Israel on Thursday, part of a tour through the Middle East, where he demonstrated support for Israel and pressed upon Arab leaders the importance of avoiding regional escalation. Arab nations, including Saudi Arabia, have called for a de-escalation, but only the United Arab Emirates and Bahrain have explicitly condemned Hamas. Moreover, during this week, there was a specific armed incident which was extremely violent and perceived as crossing important boundaries related to war ethics. Indeed, on the 14th of October 2023, an airstrike targeted at around 5 p.m. local time the parking lot of the Christian-run Al-Alhi Arab Hospital in Gaza and resulted in a large number of casualties and injured civilians. It is suspected that at the time of the strike, around a thousand Palestinians were taking refuge at the location from Israeli strikes on the Gaza Strip. The strike is very politicized and highly contested, starting from the number of Palestinians injured in the strike. The true death toll of the explosion is yet to be determined, and reports on its casualties varied widely from different sources. The Gaza Health Ministry initially reported a figure of over 500 deaths, before revising the count to 471. On the other hand, the U.S. intelligence community estimates there were between 100 to 300 civilians killed in the incident, which is considerably lower and unspecific compared to Palestinians' number.
Additionally, the cause and commander of the excursions are contested. Hamas is accusing Israel of deliberately targeting the hospital with an airstrike. On the other hand, Israel and the US claim that they gathered evidence showing the cause of the explosion was a failed rocket launch by another ter terrorist group active in the region, the Palestinian Islamic Jihad, PIG. The PIG has denied any involvement in the incident and no convincing intelligence has been yet publicly released proving it. What remains certain is that the event has sparked an important feeling of unfairness and have considerably increased pro-Palestinian sentiment around the world. Targeting a hospital in which many civilians were refuged is seen by many as an act fundamentally contrary to war ethics. Moreover, Israel and the US attempts to put the incident blame on another Palestinian group infuriating the civilian population and sparked a series of pro-Palestinian protests around the world. Thanks, Fiora. This is Nekla, and I'd like to take the conversation forward regarding Israel's intelligence failures. There's a long history of intelligence failures in war. From the invasion of the Soviet Union by Nazi Germany, when Barbarossa ignored the ample intelligence about the incoming attack, to when the Americans couldn't locate the Japanese fleet, as they were preparing for attacks in other locations, but not on their strongest base, the Pearl Harbor. Similarly, the events that took place on the 7th of October 2023 was an astounding failure of Israeli intelligence at every level. The Hamas attack on Israel was enabled by top officials who misread the threat from Hamas or were simply blind to warning signs. This was in spite of the $1.1 billion iron wall, the 20-foot-tall, 40-mile-long security barrier that separates Gaza from Israel and also the $3 billion Iron Dome, Israel's air defense system, which was designed to protect its citizens from attacks emanating from Gaza. To put this in perspective, each interceptor in the Iron Dome is estimated to cost upwards of $80,000, while Hamas's crude rockets cost between $500 and $800. These defensive measures have had a 90-97% to 97 rate of success in striking down enemy rockets and protecting Israel. But when Hamas attacked on the 7th, reports say that they used more than 3,000 rockets in less than 20 minutes and sent an estimated 1,000 fighters into Israel from Gaza. Their approach was simply to overwhelm the system. So despite the scale and scope of the attack, Israeli and American officials were not prepared for the coordinated land, air and sea strikes. Apart from the failed physical defense, Israel's surveillance technology is considered among the most advanced in the world, having produced the likes of Pegasus spyware. On top of this, Israel's surveillance of the Palestinian society and monitoring of Hamas's activity is said to be one of the most important tasks for the security establishment. But like in the majority of intelligence failures, the information necessary to prevent the attacks is present in the system, but it can get difficult to connect the dots. So even in this instance, Israel seems to have missed out on the planning of the attack, stockpiling of arms, but more shockingly, the assembling and approaching of the border areas on that day, 
which is watched over by countless patrols, cameras, ground motion sensors, remote control mini cannons, automated machine guns. We even learned that three huge balloons that Israel used as an observation post in Gaza mysteriously stopped working prior to this attack. One of the main reasons that all of this is possible is because of the state of the country. Mossad, the military intelligence, and Shin Bet, which is the domestic security service, have been at odds with the government, headed by Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. Netanyahu has undertaken a self-serving conflict with plans to undermine the country's Supreme Court, even as he is in the midst of legal and political turmoil. Along with this dissonance amongst internal factions, intelligence failures like this can be attributed to a strange hubris, overconfidence, because intelligence can only do so much. The key piece in defense is understanding how your enemy thinks and operates. And that is why along with a massive intelligence failure, it is an operational failure, a fundamental misunderstanding of the enemy's nature. Successful intelligence necessitates intellectual imagination, which was greatly lacking in the Israeli forces. Neither technology nor tactics can assure a state of continuous supremacy over their weaker enemies. Israel is now forced to respond to its own intelligence failures in warding off the offensive by retaliation with pure brute force. And using force, however competent or resourceful, is a means not an end. If we have anything to learn from the 2006 and 2014 invasions of Gaza, Israel will attempt to quash Hamas and obliterate their infrastructure in the Gaza Strip. This war will come at a great cost. An immediate intervention is required or it might destabilize the entire Middle East region. China is celebrating the 10th anniversary of its pension Belt and Road Initiative, BRI, a signature policy of President Xi Jinping. A vast infrastructure and investment project, the BRI connects China to Europe, Africa, and other parts of Asia, reminiscent of the Asian Silk Road. This decade-long endeavor, having poured nearly $1 trillion most into energy and transport projects across most 150 countries, showcase China's ambition to strengthen global ties, yet the journey has been without setbacks. Designed as a mutual benefit strategy, the BRI aims to spur global development while bolstering China's economy and international reputation. Indeed, the nation achieved significant trade benefit, trading about $19 trillion of goods with BRI countries over the past decade. The initiative also allowed China to diversify its supply chain, decreasing independence on Western partners. However, the BI has faced criticism. China's vast lending has made it the world's top international creditor, but the opacity of these loans and struggles of recipient nations to repay themselves has sparked concern. Some fear China's debt trade diplomacy, whereby nations unable to repay debts might have to concede essay. While this plan remains contentious, 
the challenge with hidden debt and under-delivering project persists. Additionally, the BRA has both diplomatic triumphs and tensions. China's influence has grown significantly, with many middle-income countries showing a favorable attitude toward. But there is apprehensions regarding economy coercion, with some feelings pressure into aligning with Beijing's policy. Recognizing the need of recalculation, China is shifting the BRI approach, emphasizing small and beautiful projects. Beijing is now prioritizing the low investment, high yard initiative. The introduction of the digital Silk Road indicates a focus on sustainable digital infrastructure. Moreover, the country has also scaled back financing, encouraging external lenders to participate. However, the grand vision remains undeterred. China's envisioned the BIS cornerstone for the global community of shared future, countering the zero-sum gain perspective of Western-led globalization. Yet the overarching question persists: Is the world ready for China-led global order? That's it for this week's edition for the Intelligent Expresso from the Security Dictionary. If you haven't already, please subscribe our podcast on Spotify and follow us on Instagram at the Security Dictionary. We'll see you next week.